But where does one go to the bathroom when one is on safari? I knew that was where you, as <laughs> soon as you gave the caveat, I'm like, Sam's going to ask where you go to the bathroom. I think this definitely <laughs> should make the show. It is an essential <laughs> question. CL Duel fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, we have a couple more voicemails that came in on the voicemail line. So just a reminder for those of you who may not know, we do have a, a voicemail line that you can dial in and leave questions and comments. And you know, after we take a listen, we may include them in the show. And uh, these happen to be two voicemails from folks who are continuing to congratulate us on our 300th episode. We want to be sure to include them because there are a couple folks who are near and dear to our hearts. And so let's start with the uh, first voicemail. Sammy, excited? We got more friends calling in. I love voicemails from friends. All right, here we go. Hi, Sam, Brian, and Nathan. This is Tracy Andreco from the little-known DCL Duo Senior Edition. <laughs> Michael and I just wanted to say congratulations to you guys on your 300th podcast episode. That is amazing. We've been so excited to be a small part in your podcast, but even more blessed to have met you guys and become friends. So here's to many more podcasts and cruises. Congratulations. Tracy, thank you so much for that voicemail. You may label yourself the DCL Duo Senior, but we all know how young you and Michael are at heart. So, so glad we met you on our 11-night Southern Caribbean cruise. So happy that we've been able to have you on the show. So grateful we got to sail with you on the maiden voyage of The Wish, and we are looking forward to some trips we have planned here in the near future. So can't wait to get out there sailing with you guys. Yeah, thanks so much for giving us a call, Tracy. We are so grateful to have met you and Michael through the Disney cruising community. Um, It's been amazing sailing with you all and having you on the show. Thanks again. All right, we're going from the DCL Duo Senior to the DCL Duo Junior. Here we go. Hey, Brian. Hey, Sam. It's Willie. And Rebecca, the DCO Duo Junior, congratulating you guys on 300 podcast episodes. Who would have thought a podcast would bring together so many different people around the world to create great friendships and lasting memories? Here's the 300 more episodes. Congratulations, guys. Wow, Brian, we're super lucky today. We get the DCL Duo Senior, we get the DCL Duo Junior, and uh, thanks so much for calling in, Willie and Rebecca. We adore you guys. We're so thankful to have met you through the podcast and through the Plus Platoon podcast that Rebecca and I both used to do together. And we're so excited for sailing with you all this August in celebration of your wedding. Congratulations once again. Yeah, and I'm excited to see you all here in a couple weeks. I think we're supposed to meet up at Disney World pre-cruise. And so looking forward to uh, seeing you all, maybe having a drink, grabbing a meal and uh, yeah, just hanging out in general. So thanks for calling in. We really appreciate the message. With that, if you want to call in and leave us a message, as I said at the top, we've got a voicemail line. It's a Google voicemail box. So you can call 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590 to leave us a message. We'll give it a listen and we sometimes include them in the show and try to respond to them on the air. So we did have one more announcement to share before we get into tonight's episode, and that is the inaugural DCL Duo podcast cruise. And uh, we are excited that we can do this cruise this year. And so wanted to share it with everyone. We will be cruising on the Disney Magic out of Fort Lauderdale on June 19th, 2024. So the summer of 2024 itinerary release. We have landed on our cruise. That is a three-night cruise. It is stopping at Nassau, but also at Disney's Lighthouse Point, its newest private island experience. And so we are really excited. We've got some fun things potentially planned for listeners on board that cruise. We will link in our show notes to a form. If you want to book that cruise, we will link in our show notes to a booking site. We actually have a room block reserved on that sailing. And so if you head over there, you can lock in some opening day pricing and get some access to our room block. And we've got a lot of exciting things planned. Be sure to head over, check that out. We'd love to sail with as many of you as possible and can't wait for the podcast cruise to happen next year. Let's dive into tonight's exciting episode. We are heading to Africa and we can't wait to hear all about it. So here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, I feel like we're getting science-y today. I don't know why. I feel like... Science-y. You remember those magazines that came when you were a kid, like the physical magazine? Oh, yeah. This one had the yellow borders around it, and it was always talking about 
fun stuff uh, if you were kind of nerdy like I was. Yeah, you're talking National Geographic magazine, aren't you? I am. Nat Nat (laughs) Geo, as it goes by now, because it's hip. (laughs) But our guest, our fabulous show sponsor, Karen, is with us because she just got back from an amazing Nat Geo trip. So let's start by welcoming Karen to the show. Welcome, Karen. Hello. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Yeah, So great to chat with you. I mean, we got to see glimpses of your trip through the Facebook universe, but I think this is something we really need to talk about on the show because this is another product that is in, I'm going to call it in the Disney arsenal and the Disney signature experiences, very similar to Adventures by Disney. And these are National Geographic tours. So Karen, can you tell us like what relationship Nat Geo has to, I don't know, Adventures by Disney or to the Disney signature experiences? Absolutely. National Geographic Expeditions has been a tour company for decades and decades. Many folks might remember a few years back, Disney, the Disney Corporation as a whole, made a huge purchase of 20th century. What was part of that purchase included National Geographic, the magazine, the cable channel, and this tour company. Ah, and so, so along with the Simpsons. <laughs> right. <laughs> so when Disney got all those different brands, Nat Geo was part of the deal. And so it's taken a little while and it's still a work in progress, but National Geographic is, you know, kind of joining the Disney family. They are definitely keeping National Geographic as its own brand, its own identity. Although Disney does have Adventures by Disney, which is an amazing guided vacation product. So there is some overlap between the two brands. But National Geographic really goes further and goes deeper and is is a unique experience. It's going to be really exciting to see, uh, I think, more. We're going to see more collaboration between Disney and Nat Geo. I wouldn't be surprised in the future if we start seeing more about Nat Geo, for instance, at Epcot or maybe even an Animal Kingdom. Who knows? Well, that would be really cool. Before we dive into the show topic and tell people what really exciting experience you had with Nat Geo Expeditions, why don't you give folks your background on Disney cruising and Adventures by Disney experiences? Because you've done you know, quite a few cruises. You've done some ABD experiences. So I want people to understand your street creds. Of course, you you own our sponsor agency, My Path and Winding Travel as well. So you are a travel expert. But I want them to understand your personal experience as well. Sure. So we have cruised for over 30 years of our marriage. And we took our first Disney cruise as a family about 12 years ago on the Disney Magic in the Mediterranean. And we were quickly hooked. This was before I became a travel advisor. And since then, I've been on, I think, about 15 or 16 cruises. I kind of lost track on Disney. (laughs) Uh, I've been on all five ships. And I've sailed in concierge on all five ships. We've also done, have done four adventures by Disney adventures, three land adventures and a river cruise with adventures by Disney. And we have a Greece adventure coming up for May. Now that we've teased it enough, we have to tell people where you went on this amazing Nat Geo tour. So this National Geographic expedition was to Tanzania in Africa, and it was really focused on a safari experience to learn about the Great Migration. How long was this uh, experience, Karen? So the exact itinerary was nine days. Of course, it takes a little bit to travel (laughs) there and back. (laughs) And I did, you know, plan to arrive a day early, as I always recommend. (laughs) So for me, I was gone about 12 nights, um, when you consider all the travel time and uh, the extra extra night that I added in before the safari actually started. And did it work like booking an Adventures by Disney where you kind of you, you book the quote unquote adventure, you can do add on days, but everything is sort of once you hit the ground taken care of in terms of your transfers and hotels and some meals, that sort of thing? Absolutely. And in this case, it was 
uh, quite inclusive because you really don't want to have to do meals on your own <laughs> when you're in, in the middle of the Serengeti. You might become the meal. <laughs> so, Here's your spear and your fishing pole. Fend for yourself. Yes. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was definitely very reassuring because you know, it feels a little different to go to a new continent. But honestly, when I landed in Tanzania, it turns out there were several of us that were on the same flight from Amsterdam that were arriving together. And after we went through customs and immigration and walked outside the airport, there was a guide from National Geographic waiting for us. And, uh, you know, from there, we were in just the best hands to make sure that, you know, everything was taken care of, that we were all comfortable, safe, and, you know, having the most immersive experience. So even on our uh, pre-day, you know, I got there a day early, as I said, I kind of expected to just relax at the hotel. There was a beautiful pool. I thought maybe I'll sleep in, enjoy the pool a bit and rest up before the safari started the next day. But it turns out we had an opportunity through the Nat Geo Guide to go into the town of Arusha and do a little bit of exploring. We got to go into the market and have a tour through there, stop at some um, a place to do some shopping and then have a local lunch. And all of that was pretty spontaneous. It was an additional cost, but it was so minimal. It was basically, hey, just, you know, pay the drivers and pay for your lunch and we'll go around and do these things. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. How big or small was your tour group? And was it sort of whatever their standard size is? Our group was 18. And then we also had traveling with a a National Geographic expert. And we will talk about that in a minute. And then our National Geographic uh, expedition leader. So uh, we were 20 kind of for dinner every night as a group. I think that is the the size of the National Geographic group can vary. I've heard that they've had uh, expeditions in Tanzania as small as seven or eight people. I don't think it would get too much bigger than what we had, but really it was um, a great size. And when you're traveling through all the experiences in Tanzania, you're in small vehicles, you're in safari vehicles that technically can hold up to eight people, um, including the driver, but we only ever had five people in it plus the driver. What was the sort of age range of the group? And do you know if there was a, a minimum age or I guess, or a maximum age? So this was an experience uh, exclusively for travel advisors. So we were all adults on this particular expedition. National Geographic does have some minimum ages for certain expeditions. And I'm not aware that there is specifically one for this. However, I would say you have to be really careful about bringing a a child on this trip mm-hmm. because of the unique aspects of it. It is very long days, very tiring. It is not a trip geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. Um, although we've talked to the to the safari drivers and the guides, and they said they definitely have had you know children as young as six and seven that have done well. It's just you have to really know your child mm-hmm. <laughs> and know you know what they're up for because it's not you know there's no TVs, there's no internet. You don't get cell service. <laughs> <laughs> when you're back at the lodge, you'll get a little internet, but there weren't even TVs in the rooms. That's roughing it for kids. <laughs> it's interesting. I'm looking at their site. Unlike ABD, they don't seem to offer, I mean, ABD's differing price for children is is not huge, but uh, Nat Geo for this Tanzania trip, at least offers, it's like, you know, a price for double occupancy and a price for single occupancy. I don't see a separate fare for children. So that's interesting. Right. They're not really marketing towards families. There is a related product that's technically not part of the National Geographic Disney family that's called um, National Geographic Journeys through G Adventures. And they have family specific ones. And so National Geographic lends their expertise, frankly, their branding to G Adventures. But it is a different product. It is uh, a more budget friendly product, which is great. And uh, but it is a lot less inclusive and, you know, less high end in terms of the accommodations. And they Mm -hmm. have different, you know, itineraries around the world that are 
designed for families, which so it's kind of a good alternative to Adventures by Disney uh, for families that maybe don't need as much luxury. So I did go through kind of like the let me see if I price this out and book it. And for the guests, it looks like minimum of eight uh, because they will not allow you to select an age under eight. Uh, to be there you go. Ways. So minimum of eight. It's also interesting to me, Karen, as I'm looking at the site. So I clicked on river cruises and it looks like they're running the same river cruise itineraries that EBD is running. So I think I found basically our river cruise, our, it's called a Christmas markets river cruise, but it's got experts on board, but it's on AMA waterways, just like ABD would be. And so do you know if they're doing like cross posting basically between ABD and and Nat Geo on some of these experiences or adventures? To my knowledge, they are not going to book a Nat Geo guest on an Adventures by Disney River Cruise itinerary and vice versa. Those are specific charters for each brand. Got it. But yes, they both are working with AMA Waterways mm -hmm. and chartering AMA Waterways, which is a great river cruise company. So, you know, I think that the relationship is growing and they're going to be leveraging some of those relationships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they can get more buying power or better experiences for the guests on either experience um, on either brand. But right now, they are definitely keeping them separate in terms of the booking process, in terms of some of the specifics of the itinerary, and I would say kind of the vibe of each trip. The National Geographic is really more focused on that educational factor. Mm -hmm. uh, we had about five or six different kind of lectures or presentations slash talks from various experts throughout oh, the wow. week on our safari, which is, again, another reason why you need to be careful about the type of kid <laughs> that you're bringing. <laughs> but of course, you know, they don't have to attend. But that is part of what you're paying for in the experience with National Geographic is to have mm -hmm. access to that expertise. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff. I'll just highlight before we dig into Tanzania here a little bit. I mean, the website has just a ton of offerings as I'm kind of scrolling through here. They've got expedition cruises, family expeditions, something they call journeys, which uh, if I look there, it looks like a bit more kind of hands-on experience. So they've that got... the journeys is what I was mentioning before is the partnership with G Adventures. So yeah. technically it's not part of National Geographic, but they kind of cross link to each other. That's yeah. the one that's a little bit more of a budget family option. Yeah. But then they go all the way up to, they have some train expeditions that move you kind of through a, a space via train. They've got river cruises, as we mentioned, and then they have private jet experiences. So um, yeah. They have a time. main private jet, which they call the ultimate service level, ultimate type of accommodations. And honestly, I believe that it is the relationship with National Geographic that has allowed Adventures by Disney to offer their first private jet uh, adventure for the Disney parks around the world that's coming up this summer. It is the National Geographic folks that really are kind of the backbone behind the private jet ABD. Wow. I didn't realize, I mean, they have their own jet. This is not their chartering a jet. They have their <laughs> own jet painted out with National Geographic. It says it's a VIP configured Boeing 757 for up to 75 guests. So yeah, that would be a really nice private jet. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Karen, let's talk about Tanzania for a second. So it sounds like once you buy the package, you know, everything's handled from the time you hit the ground to the time you uh, get to the airport to return home. So we're Really, yes. the only thing you had to book in advance was your your airfare, although it looks like they have some options perhaps to have that included in the price of the expedition as well. They do. They'll assist with booking airfare, just like Adventures by Disney will. I was fortunate that I just worked really, really hard at my air and found a rate through American Express that I could not find anywhere else. So, uh, you know, I just provided them my air details, my flight details, and they were waiting for me at the airport. Oh, nice. Did you have to get any like visas or anything to tr do this travel? So there is actually a little bit of a preparation that you need when traveling to Africa. And so, yes, there is a really quick visa that's required for Tanzania that you can do online and just print it out and bring with you when you land. So that was not a hassle. Uh, but you need to have some health matters taken care of before you part. They weren't 
required for National Geographic, but they definitely strongly recommended that you consult with your physician. And so I went to an office called Passport Health, and they have locations actually around the country. And they are fantastic. They basically look up your itinerary. They even look up how you are flying to get there. Because if you're connecting in certain countries, you have to be mindful of requirements there or certain diseases that you might be exposed to (laughs) along the way. And they, you know, provide a list of what they recommend for your health to go. So I did get several shots, including typhoid and a tetanus booster, which I was needing. Did not need a yellow fever shot. If you were going through uh, traveling through other countries, they recommend it. I did also have, look, there's one other shot, but maybe not. Oh, I got a polio booster, which was interesting. That was completely Mm. optional, but they have talked about how polio is starting to have a resurgence Mm -hmm. um, in some parts of the world. So I thought, can't hurt. And um, and then they also prescribe anti-malarial medication that you need to start two days before you depart and take throughout your trip because malaria is definitely a concern. And a whole bunch of different things to prevent you know, insect bites. So they gave us, you know, special spray to spray our clothes before we left uh, to treat our clothing and, you know, insect repellent for during the trip because you really want to make sure that you're not bit if at all possible. Yeah, that would be key for me. I'm just thinking how I get eaten alive whenever we go to like Florida or even New Orleans because mosquitoes just love me. I must have, there must be something about the scent of my blood that they just love. It could be, it could be. And so that's why, you know, everybody was covered up. You know, you kind of wear the really super lightweight, but long sleeve shirts and long pants. And, you know, you have all the mosquito repellent. And then the other thing that Passport Health prescribed is emergency antibiotic to take with you Mm. in case there was any stomach upset because that's very common in most parts of Africa. And, you know, just gave you kind of, you know, over-the-counter type medications to, you know, prevent or treat anything that might come up along the way. I mean, the, the water is going to be real different. The food's going to be different. There's, you know, a lot of things can set off people's stomachs, especially. Absolutely. Everywhere we went, the hotels provided filtered water in the rooms, much like going to Mexico. You're not supposed to drink the tap water and they prepare the food with filtered water. But some people on our trip did get a little bout of traveler's diarrhea and likely that some people might get it on a trip like this. I mm-hmm. took a supplement that I swear by and I'm going to travel with it every time. <laughs> so it's called Travelon and Passport Health, you know, sold it to me, but you can also get it on Amazon and I swear it made the difference. Oh, wow. How did you pack for this trip, Karen? Did they, did they give you any indications of what you should bring and the types of things you needed and what they would provide? Absolutely. So one of the things to keep in mind is because we're traveling in these safari vehicles and at the end on a small plane, there were some weight limits. So we were advised to pack no more than about 33 pounds total. Wow. And uh, because of that, and because I didn't want to have any hassles with luggage, I chose to pack and carry on only. And I'm really proud of myself for doing that. For That's amazing. 12, for 12 days. And they also really strongly ask that you don't use hard-sided luggage or wheeled luggage, again, because they want to be able to kind of smush everything in. Mm-hmm. And so I got a North Face duffel backpack type thing. And then I had an Adventures by Disney backpack. And between those two, I, I packed everything and I was kind of a mule through the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. I did all the lodges that we uh, stayed at had laundry service with very, very reasonable prices and quick turnaround. So we did get laundry done a couple of times and that made it really convenient. Yeah. But there was something unique I remember about ladies undergarments that you posted. You know what? That's true. So, um, They advised us ahead of time that uh, due to cultural reasons, the lodges will not launder ladies' undergarments. So please be prepared in that regard. So I had laundry sheets, laundry detergent sheets that dissolve in the sink to do a quick wash. But it turns out that the lodges we stayed at, at the ones that I decided to do laundry, had 
you know, women's undergarments on the laundry list. Oh, there you <laughs> on, go. On the price list. So I said, you know what? I'm sending it out. And they wash, <laughs> they wash and dry them, no problem. Okay, so, good to know. <laughs> so it might vary from depending on, you know, which which uh, hotel you're actually in, but mm-hmm. we were fine. <laughs> Better to be safe than sorry, I guess. <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, I just thought that was so interesting when I saw you post about that online. I was like, I've got I've got to ask her how that went. So <laughs> Good question. Well, Karen, what were some of the spots that you visited? And, you know, you mentioned you're out kind of in the wilderness a bit here. So, like, talk Mm -hmm. to us about where you were visiting and then, like, what were the accommodations like? Was it like trekking you out into the middle of the wilderness and then folks were camping or rustic lodges or were they bringing you back to a city? So, yeah. Where'd you visit and what was it like? We arrived in Kilimanjaro Airport, which is near the um, Mount Kilimanjaro. And we drove about an hour to Arusha, which is probably considered a small city. It's felt more like a large village in many ways. (laughs) And uh, just stayed there for the first night as everybody arrived. And then the next morning, they put us in safari vehicles and we headed towards Lake Manyara National Park. And uh, we stayed in a lodge there. So that's when it really became, okay, now, you know, we're outside any kind of major area. We drove Mm -hmm. past uh, along the way, lots of, you know, just little tiny villages, saw lots of shepherds uh, moving their sheep and goats along oh, wow. the countryside, um, you know, very, very rural, primitive conditions. But um, we drove to Lake Manyara, which is an amazing national park. And we stayed in our first lodge there, which was called Plantation Lodge. And it was lovely. It was full service, pool, uh, one restaurant, couple of couple of bars. That lodge did not have air conditioning, but it was not really needed because you could, you know, they did have fans and it was a cooler climate there. So I wouldn't say it was rustic. I mean, we had, <laughs> you know, we each had our own rooms, beds, uh, you know, I did get some laundry done there. We had a couple of great meals there. We had our welcome reception actually was there the first night. So we had wine as we watched the sunset and we had appetizers. And then we listened to an introduction from our National Geographic expert who was joining us. And then we had a lovely dinner. Uh, the, that plantation lodge really kind of grew on me. When I first saw it, I thought, okay, this is a little simple. But we were there just for two nights. But it really just, it did grow on me. The landscape there as you walk through the grounds was just beautiful, amazing flowers, just um, wildlife, the birds coming through. And the service there was tremendous. Just so many people ready to help you with a smile, really wanting to impress us. I love that. Each day was sort of focused on, of course, experiencing the wildlife through these safari drives. So sometimes we did one long drive a day as we're going through the parks, sometimes one in the morning, one in the evening. But we would get in our vehicles and they would take us through the parks and our guide were incredibly knowledgeable. They were Encyclopedia Britannica and then some. They could talk about the animals, the birds, the history, the culture, anything you needed to know. And we had four different drivers and we kind of rotated through so you could get to experience each of their personalities. And by the end of the week, we each probably had our favorite different (laughs) drivers that we connected with. Um, but we would just go through these different areas. And I remember as we approached uh, Lake Manyara National Park, uh, before we officially entered the park, the road became really wooded and we started seeing all these baboons along oh, the road. Wow. And that's when it really felt like, you know, we were in Africa, even though I'd seen all these little villages dotted along the way and Maasai people shepherding their animals, but just seeing these baboons running around like, you know, it's such in such the wild a, a, yeah. in the wild and then when we got into the park i mean the baboons were 
everywhere. And so we just kind of slowly, you know, drive through and then we would just stop and the driver would just stop and the pot, the top of the vehicle would pop up. So we could even climb on the seats if we wanted to and, and look out to get the rest of the, the best picture. The drivers would often angle the cars the way we needed to, to get better views, better lighting for our photos. And would just explain to us what we were looking at, you know, in terms of the mating patterns, in terms of who's, you know, who hunts, too. <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the circle of life. And, you know, what do they eat? What are their foes? What are their illnesses? I mean, there was one time where we saw some baboons that were limping and, you know, it was kind of concerned, like what might have gotten to them? Why are they mm-hmm. limping? We, you know, we saw, you know, we saw babies, we saw all kinds of things. And so, Goodness. you know, you just get into this flow of really focusing and quieting yourself and learning to you know, be quiet because you don't want to startle the animals and you just want to become kind of part of their background. So they'll do their thing and you can observe them. And it was just beautiful. So even in that first park, uh, I'm going to just, I'm sc- scrolling through to kind of, you know, s- remind myself of the pictures, uh, th- you know, through my pictures of, of what we saw. So lots and lots of baboons. And then we started seeing some gazelles. And then it got really cool as we started, you know, kind of going more into the open plains and seeing elephants right in front of our vehicle, like a whole family of elephants just hanging out, watching us, deciding we were cool and walking right on by. <laughs> and I have just every every day we saw elephants and they are just such amazing, beautiful creatures. And just to see their families with the little babies up to the older elephants that sometimes get kind of kicked out of their families and have to live on their own. It just, I don't know, it's very moving. The whole, yeah. the whole process of how these animals, you know, kind of meet each other, form families, separate from each other. <laughs> really, really interesting. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode did you ever feel like unsafe there's wild animals all around you was there ever a point where you were like uh i don't know if we're gonna get eaten (laughs) no no because we always we always did stay in our vehicles although um we did have some meals out in the bush and you know there's nothing protecting you so you kind of wonder well what could prevent a lion from just jumping on us right now but they know the habits and locations where the different animals tend to stay Mm -hmm. and they're definitely keeping a lookout now, interestingly, we asked our guides because uh, we had heard that on other safaris that some other folks had taken, the guides had weapons with them just in case. And mm-hmm. they said, no, we do not use weapons that we really just pay attention to the animal behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they didn't have a need for it. Now, we kind of, we did ask our guide one day, we said, okay, now if we were to step out of this vehicle, right, <laughs> it looks very safe. We don't see anything, you know, as far as the eye can see, we, we see nothing right now. We don't see any type of animal at the moment. If we stepped out of our vehicle, how long would we have? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, probably about 15 minutes, no more. (laughs) (laughs) Because the predators are everywhere. They're just, you know, you might not see them immediately, but they will find you. Yeah. So now we always felt safe. And, you know, one interesting thing as well is the last lodge that we stayed in, which was 
you know, in the middle of the Serengeti and it's, you know, very, very remote. It's amazing that they built this place in such a remote location. But after dark, they ask for you to be escorted back to your room. So if you're going from the restaurant back to your room, which is sort of an open hallway, you have a ranger, an army ranger that um, walks you to your room just in case. Yeah, just um, in know, case they a have, lion comes up. <laughs> yeah, I think they're mostly worried actually about um, leopards, maybe. But yeah, because I think those are the ones that might sneak around Snatch at night. You. Yeah, <laughs> they're and, fast. They're and that they're fast. in that area, right? So you know, they do have you know torches around and things like that. My my room was on the second floor, and they said, you know. <laughs> They said, you're probably fine on the second floor, but we'll walk you anyway. <laughs> but there are a bunch of folks on the first floor. <laughs> they definitely needed their, their ranger who had a spear with them. <laughs> sure say. So it sounds like um, maybe that location was a little bit more rustic than the first location. Is, is that right? Well, in different ways. So the after we went to Plantation Lodge and visited Lake Manyara Park for a couple of days, then we proceeded on to the Ningora Gora uh, Conservation Area, mm-hmm. which is an amazing place because part of the conservation area includes Maasai village people that are allowed to live there. So it's one of the few places that is kind of an animal conservation, but also humans are allowed to inhabit. So there we stayed at a Ningora Gora Serena Lodge. And that was definitely, you know, a modern a modern hotel. It was on the rim of Ningoragora Crater. And so it was just stunning, stunning views. Um, And, you know, you look down into this crater and it looks empty. You know, you just think you see some brown, some green trees. You can kind of see a lake and that's all you see. And then they take us down into the crater in our safari vehicles, and it's absolutely teeming with wildlife. It was just mind-blowing. Yeah. And that is an area that is sometimes referred to as like the Eden of Africa. The animals there have everything they need to live. They don't need to really migrate in and out of the crater because it's just this perfect ecosystem. I mean, we saw, you know, the endangered um, black rhino there. We, we saw again, just, you know, massive numbers of elephants and giraffes and lions and uh, wildebeests and zebras and warthogs. Oh, (laughs) you saw pumbas. (laughs) We did. And even a baby. So it was really, it was calving season. So we saw just babies of every animal pretty much. So it was just so, so beautiful. And then when we moved on to that last uh, lodge, which was the Malia Serengeti Lodge, although it was so remote, it was really, it's only been open maybe a year or two. Everything was brand new and it was, it was gorgeous. The rooms were definitely the nicest of all the places we had stayed. Beautiful pool, great food, kind of this big open air lobby. The restaurants are sort of open air. All the detailing, just absolutely gorgeous. Really, really spectacular. That sounds amazing. Was there ever a concern about running into poachers? We learned about poachers. They all these parks definitely have a very strong anti poaching team. You know, the government puts out. Uh, anti-poacher unit. Mm -hmm. So in uh, Ningorogor Crater, because it's so enclosed, I mean, it's the the crater itself is massive, but there's not that many ways in and out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think they're less concerned about poachers there because it'd be really hard. Um, In the Serengeti, though, which is, you know, just really endless. And we only touched on, you know, kind of one section of the southern to central Serengeti. Uh, They do have the anti-poaching units going around. But honestly, I I think it's a challenge because it is such a big area Mm -hmm. that I think it would be hard to, to monitor. And there's definitely still a lot of people out there that 
are, are hunting for trophy like that. And it's, mm. it's, re- it's really sad. What's the activity level like here? This sounds active. <laughs> so. so it's interesting, Brian, because they, you know, if you look on the website, it describes this expedition itinerary as uh, an easy activity level. And we were all exhausted. There's, it's not that there's major hiking or, you know, physical walking in that way, but the days are long. There were a couple of times where we were, you know, leaving the lodge at 6 a.m., you know, and it was well worth it to see the sunrise and to see the animals. You know, you remember the tip when you go to Kilimanjaro Safari and Animal Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> go early. Go early when the animals are all waking up, you're going to see more. Yeah. And honestly, there's just so many, you know, many of us were Disney fans and we did see a lot of connection. (laughs) (laughs) And you started singing the circle of life spontaneously, I'm sure. (laughs) You know, you did. I do because especially, you know, my my path on winding travel is inspired by the circle of life. So it really had a lot of meaning to me to watch the sunrise and and to think about all that. But it is a very draining itinerary. The days are long and being in those vehicles is very physical. The roads are not smooth. Mm, <laughs> They're very, yeah. very bumpy. The windows so you're are holding open, on. You you're kind of holding on. You're setting yourself. You're standing up, sitting down, you know, to get the best views. And so it feels very tiring and it's easy in terms of you're not hiking, but you have to have some endurance and, mm-hmm. uh, and to understand that the days are long. You're not sitting by the pool with a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just, that's not, just this th- not this type of trip. Well, it sounds amazing. Who would you recommend like look at this kind of trip as opposed to let's say an adventures by Disney experience or some other kind of tour group experience. First of all, I think if you want to go off the beaten path a little bit more than Adventures by Disney, because Mm. Nat Geo goes to destinations that Adventures by Disney just doesn't. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Adventures by Disney goes to South Africa, which is an incredible itinerary, but South Africa is definitely a more developed nation Mm -hmm. than Tanzania. And so, you know, I think more kind of you know, something that's a little different and off the beaten path. And then definitely, if you are the person that really likes to have all the details and all the information and likes to absorb the knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, Nat Geo delivers. I mean, we had a National Geographic expert who is, you know, has done photography for the magazine and has done research on hyenas in, you know, in the wild in Tanzania and has gone Mm -hmm. out there and done infrared photography in the middle of the night, you know, presenting to us on how she did it, how those photographs got taken, what did they learn about, you know, the patterns of hyenas and their families. You know, if you're fascinated by watching the National Geographic channel, you are going to, you know, really enjoy all of that. And culturally, the same thing. We had a really great meeting with a village, uh, a Maasai chief telling us about village life and about their culture, their food, their traditions. Uh, We had a bunch of the kids from the Maasai village come and perform for us. And then we got an opportunity to buy some Maasai jewelry. So if that is really interesting to you, you you really like understanding in depth and connecting with the people, that would be great. And then also the anthropology. Tanzania has some of the most famous anthropological finds in mm-hmm. the in the world, going to Olduvai Gorge, where you know some of the earliest human origin fossils were found. We got to hear from Dr. Louise Leakey. And if you know some of your listeners probably know the name of Dr. Louis Leakey, it was her grandfather who discovered those um, those bones in oh, wow. Olduvai Gorge in Tanzania, and the family has you know continued to do that work, supported by the way by the National Geographic Society. So she comes out exclusively for National Geographic expeditions and gives a talk about her family and their work and what it was like. And then we got to go to Olduvai Gorge and see the see the camp and how they how what their living conditions were like, and they're still you know doing work there now. And so if you're really into all that, this would be an amazing trip for you. Yeah. If you, I think, want a little bit more comfort, 
start with the Adventures by Disney South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, they both, I'll be honest, we, you know, we did have a guest on a couple years ago now to talk about the ABD South Africa safari trip. And that sounded amazing. And this one sounds amazing. I think when it comes to what we would do as a family in the more near future, I would say we'd probably choose ABD. And then I think, though, maybe in the future for just Brian and I, this Nat Geo sounds like the way to go. So I, I that's yeah. sort of my read on what from what you're telling us. I agree. And I, I think, you know, they're really, you know, um, families that have maybe older teens to young adults or even young adults, you know, it is a pricey trip. So, you know, maybe, you know, some folks in their 20s, you know, might not be quite ready for it <laughs> on their own. I mean, it is it does feel adventurous. You know, it's just really exciting when, you know, your safari driver is on the radio and, you know, they, they're chatting to each other in Swahili and then they quick turn the vehicle around and then start driving and then head up these rocks. And you're like, where are we going? We're actually <laughs> going up rocks. And then you're at the top of Pride Rock, basically, and four <laughs> lions are just sunning themselves. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of excitement. It it's something that I'm still absorbing. It it really feels just like another world from our lives here, and I'm so glad I got to experience it. So Karen, I'm seeing on the website some trips where they focus on like photography. Did they have a photographer along with you to get some of the shots of these animals that you're seeing or were you just on your own? So our National Geographic expert is is a photographer and she did share her tips and guidance for how to approach it. And also really the safari drivers were amazing. Some of them also have expertise in photography in their own right. And they've been, you know, driving through the Serengeti for, you know, 10 years or more. So, you know, they would definitely talk to us about the lighting and the angles and, you know, tips even just about how to use your iPhone. It's different from Adventures by Disney in that we did not get any photos from anybody at the end of the trip. Mm -hmm. Um, Adventures by Disney is really unique in that the guides take photos. They're not necessarily expert photos, but they take photos with decent cameras and then share them with everybody at the end of the trip. So Mm -hmm. that's a, a fantastic benefit to ABD. Of course, our group, and I'm sure many groups do this, we just created a shared album. There Mm -hmm. were some folks that were, you know, guests on the trip that brought their super crazy cameras with the 18 inch lenses, you know, (laughs) super zoom lenses. So, you know, they could count the freckles on the lions. And (laughs) that would be Brian. (laughs) (laughs) So it was great to be able to see some of those shots. And then also, I mean, just even binoculars were I got to a point where I was like, you know what, the pictures will not do this justice. And I'm just going to take out my binoculars, sit and just really watch and not try to photograph everything. Just to get into that, that state of mind where you're just really present and not Mm -hmm. always trying to capture the, the perfect shot for social media or whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, that well, I'm seeing it with your eyes instead of through the lens of your phone, right? That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's something, you know, when you're in Africa, you got to get those binoculars out. You feel like that's the right thing. So. Yeah, absolutely. So Karen, can you also just quickly compare... I know we talked up front about some of the differences between Adventures by Disney versus Nat Geo, but now that you've had the experience, Adventures by Disney has the adventure guides. Are they on the same caliber as what you got from Nat Geo or are they, I don't know, more like customer service folks as opposed to the Nat Geo guides who are more experts about the wildlife, those kinds of things. I'm just, I'm just curious right. like, if you compared the experience for a second, like what, what would you expect to find different on Adventures by Disney or what would be different? Sure. So Adventures by Disney guides are legendary and they are all trained by Disney. So even if you have uh, your Adventure by Disney guide that's from Italy, for example, they all have you know direct training and every Adventures by Disney trip has two guides. So one will be an American and the other will be from the destination. And they both really work together hand in hand to focus on customer service because in addition, they bring on the local guides in every destination that are going to be the experts about the wildlife or about the culture or the history or the food or whatever, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Nat Geo is different in that they have a Nat Geo expedition leader who I would say is kind of closest to an adventure guide in that 
their job is to focus on that experience to make sure your hotel is, you know, is fine, that you're, you know, getting checked in and out, coordinating. In this case, you know, kind of he was the head of all the drivers. He didn't drive, but he coordinated with all the drivers to make sure that everybody was comfortable, that their luggage got, you know, loaded on and off and delivered to the rooms that, you know, kind of let us know when everything was happening, when dinners mm-hmm. were happening or the talk. Um, and then we had the the expert who was really there, not so much focused on customer service, but kind of just lending that additional layer of knowledge and expertise to the trip. It's different. The adventure guides just, I feel like, really create a family environment <laughs> and a bonding. And we didn't get that on Nat Geo. And I, I did miss it a little bit, but it's a different it's a different experience. And um, you know, there's definitely things that you wouldn't get on the ABD in terms of the in-depth knowledge that was shared. So Karen, you always have the most fantastic trips planned. And so I've got to know what's what's your next big trip? Well, my next big trip is actually Adventures by Disney. <laughs> and we are heading to Greece. Karen, are you adopting? Are you adopting? (laughs) I know. I know. I mean, she's got like one kid still in college and the other one recently graduated, right? So I have one. I have one in medical school and one in college. Uh, And they are joining us. We are squeezing this trip in May. It's an adult exclusive, which is kind of fun that we're able to all be adults. And I actually just got our adventure box recently and downloaded the the guide for what we'll be doing day by day. So, you know, I'll be back on to talk about that. Absolutely. You better. (laughs) Well, Karen, as always, it's just fantastic to chat with you about your amazing adventures. You're always going to such fun places that, uh, and I don't know if we'll ever make it to these places, but <laughs> but we live vicariously so through you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, Karen, um, you want to remind folks how they can book a fabulous adventure with Nat Geo, Disney Cruise Line, many other cruise lines, so many things that you can book for them through your agency. Uh, you want to remind folks how they can find you? Absolutely. Head to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo. So we know that you heard about us here on the podcast. And also, we have a great Facebook group called Adventures by Disney and National Geographic Expeditions with uh, the combination. We recently added Nat Geo to the Facebook group. I've posted a lot about this trip there. So come join us there as well. Yeah. And the food looked amazing. Let me even say that. I got to put a plug there. We didn't that's... even talk about the food. I know. In my mouth. <laughs> okay. Well, wait. No, 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 no. Then we got to pause. No, no DCL duo show can can be absent of food. That's, that's an oversight. That's a major violation of our podcasting rules, Sam. <laughs> mission statement. Karen, tell us about the food then. First of all, all the food is included, which is really great. You don't have to worry about, like I said earlier, finding your food in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> so all the hotels had really beautiful breakfast buffets. And, you know, sometimes you're just grabbing breakfast on the go because, you know, we're going out there for literally sunrise safari. Mm -hmm. But when we did that, they had snacks in the safari vehicle. Safari vehicles also had amazing coolers built in and they kept those stocked with all kinds of drinks for us. And even one day they set up a surprise breakfast for us in the bush. We, you know, kind of went around the corner and there was this gorgeous setup with actual tables and tablecloths, chef out there making omelets. <laughs> That's the picture that I was talking about, Karen. That's it the was, one that made me like blow my mind. <laughs> mind blowing. It was so amazing. You know, after getting up early and seeing this beautiful sunrise and we saw so many great animals and we knew the guides were trying to get us somewhere for breakfast and like, oh, we're supposed to be at breakfast at, you know, by 930. And we're like, why? <laughs> you know, like, at this point, we're just like, we just want to watch the lions another 20 minutes. But they did that, you know, they really are on the schedule of the wildlife. And mm-hmm. so we got to breakfast when we got there. But the staff from the hotel was there. They had it all set up. Champagne you know, all kinds of fruit and everything you would want for a breakfast spread. That was amazing. We did a couple boxed lunches, depending where we were. One of them we could pre-order from the hotel the night before, sort of what we wanted them to put in a box lunch. And then dinners were really just a wide variety. A lot of it was served kind of family style where like maybe shared appetizers, an individual soup, and then 
you know, platters of all the side dishes, and then they would kind of come around and serve you, you know, the entree, grilled, grilled fish or chicken or beef or whatever. So really, really delicious food. And then even on the last day, after we took that last little flight back into town, and before we, you know, many of us were heading to the airport, we stopped and had this gorgeous outdoor lunch in this courtyard with really delicious fresh food. So nobody went hungry. (laughs) Do you feel like you got a sense of the local food? I mean, is that what you were eating or were they trying to cater to sort of that American palate, I'll call it? No, there was only one meal that was kind of a fun lunch where it was sort of an American lunch. (laughs) They had pizzas and sliders and chicken wings. (laughs) And they just did that once. The rest of the time really did kind of feel local, which local did mean a lot of grilled meats and, and fresh vegetables soups there's definitely a um an indian influence in the mm. in the food there so there were some curry type dishes available there was also kind of some middle eastern influences so it it was delicious you know all the different places had um, you know, limited choices because, you know, there's not, you know, again, you're in the middle of nowhere. So if there was an entree choice, you know, there usually would be maybe two or three choices, including a vegetarian option. Right. I would love to know, I know this is going to sound weird, but where does one go to the bathroom when one is on safari? I knew that was where you, as soon as you gave the caveat, I'm like, Sam's going to ask where you go to the bathroom. I think this definitely <laughs> should make the show. It is an essential question and one that I was concerned about as well. And I will say that it really is surprising that there are washrooms in all these national parks. Okay. So they definitely were well prepared, you know, um, to tell us, you know, when the next wash stop was going to be. Even in the Serengeti, there is kind of a big visitor center there and that had very large washrooms with attendants keeping everything in order. Uh, we Making did sure no have... cheetahs came in. Right. <laughs> First exactly. restroom attendant in history carrying a Colt 45, yes. <laughs> um, we did have one or two that were less advisable than others. <laughs> uh, and our we had one safari driver that would always stop and he would say, we're at, we're at the washroom and this this is this is very advisable to make yourself comfortable <laughs> here. <laughs> and so you know we learned some new terms. It was advisable and make yourself comfortable. <laughs> um, so and but I go think, now or forever hold your pee is what they were saying. <laughs> I have to say that I came very prepared and. <laughs> I purchased something that they had at Passport Health, but I got mine from Amazon and it's called different names, but it's most commonly called a Shiwi. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, also called like a female urinal and it is a silicone funnel, basically. And you just hold it up to yourself and you can go standing. And it is amazing if you have a place that doesn't feel comfortable to sit. And, you know, some places around the world have like Turkish toilets or pit toilets and and things like that. So it's actually a really handy little thing to you know, put in your day pack. I highly <laughs> recommend. I love it. And this is why you work with a travel professional. That's right. Give you that's, all these little tips. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, this is very helpful to hear because that it, this is something that I have always been paranoid about. Will I have a place to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Absolutely. And really nobody needed the Shiwi. There was plenty of um, opportunities. The guides were very, very mindful of everybody's comfort in that regard. And they kept us posted about when the next stop would be. Mm-hmm. And really, if somebody said, you know what, like there was, there was one time where we were leaving Lake Manyara and we were kind of taking our time going, you know, down the dirt road. And all of a sudden the safari vehicle behind, you know, a couple of ones behind us just like pumped their gas <laughs> and they were going full speed ahead out to the main entrance where, you know, where the washrooms were <laughs> in, order to, <laughs> in order to help somebody out. It probably felt a little bit like, you know, the Kilimanjaro safari where you know they're on the hunt and we gotta we gotta <laughs> hurry up through to make sure that red doesn't get poached <laughs> so Love fun it. so fun well karen once again amazing amazing trip it sounds just really awesome and thank you so much for coming on to share it all with our listeners thanks for talking to me about it 
a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.